So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. Even last year, 2017, a Washington TV station reported that around 100 federal government employees admitted to viewing copious amounts of pornography while on the job. While on the job? On the job. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, I just repeated it. Smashing Security, Episode 102, Ethical Dilemmas, Girl Scouts, and Porn-Loving U.S. Officials, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 102. My name is Graham Cluley. I'm Carol Terrio. I love the sound of 102. I think Do that you? sounds Yeah, I don't know why. It just sounds really cool, like we've made it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've arrived. We can just stop now, I think. And that's the end of today. No, no, no. We've got a special guest, haven't we? We, we do. Can't, we can't stop the show before we've introduced him. Special guest this week is Dan Raywood, new to the show. Hello, Dan. Hello, Graham. Hello, Carol. Hello. Oh, hello. Nice to be here. Once I've made three figures, you get the proper guests in. I can see that. <laughs> Smashing security virgin. We've just been practising, Dan, so that we're ready for you. Now, Dan, if anyone doesn't know, and why don't you know, Dan is a journalist who's been covering cyber security. You currently work for Info Security magazine, but you cut your teeth. Was it on Conficker and, and things like that? Yeah, yeah. See, I joined SC Magazine back in late 08. Uh, it rhymes, doesn't it? And I was there five years. So in that time, I was there at Conficker. That was about May 09. Let me see, what else did we get? Flame, that mm, was there yes. whilst I was there. Stuxnet, that was there. ICO Finds, they came around. Um, Not all of these were because of you, though, right? No, they didn't no. introduce ICO Finds <laughs> because you joined the company, uh, SC Magazine. Oh, you know, ICO Finds! I was thinking it was the name of a virus. I'm like, I don't know that one. No, oh, yeah, that's another one. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're mixing up with Rafe Finds. Snowden happened while I was there. So, yeah, it was full of good news. <sighs> and um, The party years. Absolutely, yeah, they were the part of years. No, no it's a serious years, yeah. Do you wow. miss the old days? Were viruses and malware, was it more exciting 10 years ago than it is now? i tell you what, I do, I listened to the episode you did with David M, and I've actually asked David M the question, are we at the stage now where we've found all the viruses? Because we used to see all those viruses come out of people like Kaspersky Lab. Yeah. And obviously from, from Softbus and, you know, Graham and, yeah, we talked about not, this in the Not past. directly from Kaspersky Lab or something, <laughs> just before we get sued. No, no, sorry. No. <laughs> 
Smashing Security is this week sponsored by the marvellous folks at LastPass. LastPass allows you to protect all of your passwords across all of your devices, whether they be laptops, desktops, or smartphones. And if you're an enterprise, you should really run a password manager as well, because you can defend your employees and put in place password best practices. Make sure to give them a try. Visit lastpass.com slash smashing. And thanks to LastPass for supporting the show. Okay, let's crack on with the show because today I want to talk to you about the latest developments with autonomous self-driving cars. Did you chaps know that self-driving cars have been taught not only how to drive, obviously, but also how to tackle tricky moral dilemmas? Well, I freaking hope so. Do you? Yeah, well, do I hit the cat or the person? Well, that's exactly it, because this is the scenario, okay? Imagine this. Imagine there are three people in a driverless car, tinkling along, going down the road, right? And it's approaching a pedestrian crossing at some speed. And the crossing is currently telling pedestrians not to cross, right? Shouldn't cross because they're people driving past, right? Fair enough. However, three people have lurched across the road. They're not following the rules. So there's three people in the car, there's three people on the roads that shouldn't be there. Right. Okay. And, oh, malheureusement, the car... (laughs) Is that Italian? It's probably a Citroen or Renault they're driving. (laughs) Malheureusement, the car has suffered a complete failure of its brakes. Right? So, should this driverless car swerve into a concrete barrier, killing its occupants, or mow down the three people on the crossing? Yeah. We talked about the trolley dilemma last week. Yeah, last week I got confused because Maria mentioned the trolley dilemma. I thought she meant shopping trolleys, well, but this never went to me. university. That's probably why. <laughs> That's so. So, what do you think? What should it do? Uh, it's a tricky one. I would say it, it's surely the, the driver's car has got to be intuitive enough to spot a hazard. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, it's that spotted would be my the hazard, theory, yeah. but the brakes aren't working. Well. I think what it's going to do is go hazard one, hazard two. Yeah. Give me a break. It doesn't have a secondary brake mechanism. Well, no, it doesn't. Crawl, they're not going to chuck an anchor out of the back of the car no, or a parachute or something. It's called a handbrake. It's called a handbrake, Graham. No, there's no time for that. There's no time for that. And you've dawdled long enough. We've already not only gone across this pedestrian crossing, but three others. We need a quicker response. Are you going to swerve or hit them? Swerve or hit? Swerve or hit? Swerve or hit? Swerve. Swerve, I think, yeah. Okay, and you've killed all of your occupants. Yep. Okay, tricky one, wasn't it? No. Moral dilemma, isn't it? Yes. Well, maybe, (laughs) is it a trickier dilemma if the car contains some beautiful little children, right? And on the pedestrian crossing are some old codgers. And remember, they've been told they shouldn't be crossing the road. What should happen? <laughs> Maybe they couldn't read the signs because they were so small. Well, my- <laughs> that's why they're crossing. And you're going to mow them down? You're trying to make it attractive to mow them down? No, there were kids in the car, old codgers. Yeah. On the- what? Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, so who should die? Are you saying the kids should die? Hmm. It's a dilemma, isn't it? Well, yeah. there is now a project which is helping work out what is considered acceptable. It is a website called The Moral Machine. And you can go there and you can help them train cars to make these kind of decisions. It's basically painting different scenarios and letting you decide what is the lesser of two evils. 
So what if there were only two people on the crossing? Or what if one of them was a kid? Or are we more prepared to let old people die than young people? I was doing this. And it said, uh, do you want to choose to save the athletic young females ahead of the podgy middle-aged security pundits? You know, (laughs) I, I, I must be honest with you, I went for the security pundits. I thought, yes, let's look after those tubby guys. It's, but it's not for many people an easy decision. Thanks to you, Graham. Yes, exactly. And there's also legislation coming in. So Germany, for instance, working on laws for autonomous self-driving cars, and they're producing ethics guidelines, and they're proposing that cars shouldn't be able to choose between people based on personal features, their yeah. age, their sex, their wealth, attractiveness. Yeah. Okay, okay. I To be controversial here, yes, yes. I am going to wager based on some very light reading I've done so I'm no expert in this area right but from what I've read driverless cars are said to be much much safer overall than human drivers right I I think probably so really the idea of these dilemmas is a little bit moot at this stage since we're going to see a drop of maybe 50 percent of car related accidents and deaths but there have been deaths already with driverless cars. sure there's been a lot more deaths at the hands of humans behind the Uh, wheel i'm not doubting that right but at some point a car is going to be put in this position and it may be that the system is not working well enough to stop in time for instance but it does have the potential to choose who is going to be hurt is it the Olympic athletes team or the Lardasses lumbering over the Pelican Crossing? I know who I choose. <laughs> who? 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 I don't want to say. I'm just, it's personal. The athletics team, isn't it's it? It's personal. You're just a bit weightist, right? Mm-mm. What about old people? Take a long time to cross the road. May not have long to live anyway. What's the point of saving them? Yeah, just mow down granny. <laughs> Great idea, Graham. I love it. And all right, let's make it a bit more personal because at the moment, Crow, you seem to be finding this very easy. What if it? What if there were cats on the road? What about if on one well, side of the road, the car should automatically explode a safe distance away from the cats? What if there's on one side of the road is a dog? Oh yes, so we have self-driving cars with explosives built into them. <laughs> nice one. So there's a dog on one side of the road and a cat on the other. Neither of which are following the rules of the road and have not waited for the appropriate juncture to cross to the other side. Who should the car flatten? Well, surely the cat... Did the dog pee on the car at any time? We, we, we most likely not. No, Carol, no. Look, I think you're just being a little bit... You're setting these crazy-ass parameters where we're not allowed to choose or, you know, go outside So what would your... you rather do? Would you rather leave it to Elon Musk's random number generator, say, well, I've got two options here. I can't decide which one is right. I'll just flick a coin. Yeah. It would you probably, rather that? You know what? It probably would be fairer if it was not a moral decision. It was just a random toss of the coin. If, if two people have to die in a situation or three in your case, why shouldn't it be just random? It's interesting, isn't it? Because you can imagine the fallout if something yes. like this were to happen. So if, for instance, a bunch of fat cats from the city were in a car... What's going and they, on with you and, and the whole weight thing No, today? it's just fat... I'm just oh, right, if, if rich entrepreneurs were in the car <laughs> and they, they ran over children in their driverless car... Exactly, People yeah. may think, well, th- that's just wrong. You know, that shouldn't have happened. And you can imagine legal action being taken against car companies because their software, maybe it's random number generators, shouldn't have been initiated. Yeah, it's going to be like, okay, okay, we weren't that random. We just said anyone over 60 didn't matter. Right. Interesting. You're My not, thing is you're interesting. You're not far off 60 anymore, Graham. You well, need to think <laughs> about these things before you start, you know. So here's the good news for some listeners, right? 
The good news is if you're a baby listening or a little girl or a little boy. <laughs> I hope you're not listening because this is not the show for you. Go watch Peppa Pig. Or a pregnant woman. They probably shouldn't be listening to this show either. Oh, no, they definitely should be listening. <laughs> you're, you're more likely to be saved. According to the tests being done on this uh, website, The Moral Machine, most people think that you should be saved. Whether you're in the car or on the zebra crossing, they think you, you should have priority. But it changes from country to country. Mm. So, for instance, in the West, we typically are saving the youngsters. And in, for instance, Japan, it's like, oh, no, you've got to save the old people. Yeah, the elders are the uh, key. Right? Yeah. So if you want to improve your chances next time you're crossing a road, I recommend you visit the Moral Machine website right now. Which is not HTTPS secure, so FYFI. Yeah, but you're not given any personal information other yeah. than who you want to die. Yeah, don't um, log and, in. <laughs> and there you can play God and decide who should live and who should die. And maybe you can help program tomorrow's self-driving cars. And Lord help us. If the hackers ever break into these car companies and fiddle with the software and uh, we get unusual repercussions well, as a result. You know, you know what? To Dan's point earlier, mm. um, you have actually stretched the entire meeting of security, right? So nothing happened this year. So you now you've mentioned nothing about cybersecurity in this I'm whole piece. <laughs> <laughs> you are basically have extended the meaning to include now physical security, which is, you know. Thank you very right. much. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, it's episode 102. It's a new era. A new I'm era. I'm like Jean-Luc Picard, and you are Deanna Troy, the empath. Oh, and God, I, I am not Deanna Troy Who can want to be? Do you want to be Beverly Crusher? No. Um, I want to be like uh, Data. You're a bit Data. Dan, yeah. are you Worf? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, do you know my stepbrother played Worf on stage once in a production? But um, <laughs> Did he papier-mâché his face? No, he put some brown face paint on, which is uh, still hilarious. You can you can stick a Cornish pasty on your forehead. That's the other way of playing a Klingon. <laughs> that would have been even funnier, especially if you started sweating. But um, or it broke open and the gravy started leaking. Dan, what have you got for us this week? Okay, you start with a question: Were either of you ever in uh, the Scout movement? I was in the boys' brigade for about 45 minutes once before That's I quit, but that is so the extent of it. Funny, Graham, because I was in Girl Guides for about 45 minutes. Oh, really? Quit. <laughs> yeah, not, go not Girl Guides, brownies. It was just so happy clappy. It was all, it, ours was just too, I, I know I grew up a bit wild in the, you know, in the wilds of Canada. I had a bit yeah, of a fun life. I think we realized that. And I just was like, oh, organized fun wasn't for me. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, wasn't my cup of tea at all. Well, not me neither. I'll be honest. I, I went to Cubs, yeah, again for about forty-five minutes. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of us. <laughs> well, there's a whole different conversation around whether the scouts are doing anything cyber. I would be fascinated to know. Please get in touch or whatever. But um, the reason I mention that is a story. So you're out. asking scouts and Cubs to get in touch with you? Is that entirely sensible, Dan? <laughs> Hopefully the people behind the... Like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm going to stop before it goes too far. But the reason I mention this is a story broke on Friday afternoon. This is called to ABC 30. Authorities are investigating a data breach which affected members of the Girl Scouts of Orange County in Southern California. Um, according to their story, about 2,800 members may have been affected by a breach which saw information stolen, including names, 
birth dates, home addresses, insurance policy numbers, health information. And so when you say 2,800 people, you mean 2,800 mm-hmm. girls. Yeah, well, it says here 2,800 members. So we're assuming Girl Scouts. And I yeah. did a, a quick search earlier on on what the age range. It's quite broad. It's from five up to 18. So oh. there's a good side of this story because the identification found that the person who did this was only in for one day. And this was on 30th September to the 1st of October this year. Mm. So we're literally almost exactly a month ago. Now, if you think about how long it took some other breaches to turn around that data, <laughs> I'm thinking Uber, Experian, other on-the-record breaches is where we can point to things taking months and months to be disclosed. They've done a great job there. Yeah, so whoever stole the data was only in the system for one single day. Mm -hmm. And then four weeks later... The notification has come out. Whereas Cathay Pacific, for instance, who announced a breach... Last week, I think it was. Yep. They, they took six, seven months after they discovered the breach before they made it public. It's mm-hmm. just scandalous sometimes how long organisations take. So it, it's an email account uh, that there wasn't a huge amount of detail on the story. We, we did to pick this up on Info Security, and it does state here that an unauthorised third party gained access to the Orange County travel email account, which was used to send emails to others. Uh, we presume like phishing emails. <laughs> so well, that's presumably what the bad person could have done if they had not have been removed from the system so quickly but what's quite interesting with this actually is that it's a travel email account so what we're going to assume is that the people on that were in this voluntarily shall we say they wanted to join this particular mailing list probably because it's for arranging camps and stuff like that and trips away right and while we assume no emails were sent while this person was in what we assume is that there's someone owns this email account that hopefully is probably secured with a password that hopefully has been changed I'm using the word hopefully quite a lot, and I'm also pressing my hands in quite a lot of ways. But it does leave the question of how this was accessed in the first place. Who actually goes after the Girl Scouts thinking that's a viable target? And also, if they've and managed why? to keep hold that information. Right. Yeah, yeah but why, you, exactly? But do you think they were specifically targeting this account because it is connected to the Girl Scouts? Or was it a case of simply someone trying to break into lots of email accounts they got lucky with this one because maybe it didn't have two-factor authentication. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it didn't have additional security in place. And they happened to come across a mailing mm-hmm. list and the details of all of these Girl Scouts. Well, you know, we, we know that people will try and access email accounts, for example, when they get a dump from, uh, let's pick a big one like LinkedIn, for mm. example. Passwords, email addresses, I, I assume, were that... I know of people, thankfully no one on this podcast or probably listening to this podcast, who use the same password email combos for lots of social media accounts. But in this case here, that's possibly what's happened. Someone's used that from a, a, an, accessed, uh, an access data they've managed to get. They get into this person, whoever is the administrator for the Girl Scouts of Orange County, get a, a database of 2,800 people, say age 5 to 18 potentially. It, it's It's got a lot of potential bad things could happen from this. So what we're hoping now, I guess, is for the 2,800 girls who've been affected or account holders to get some quick education on changing passwords immediately and uh, making sure they haven't repeatedly used their password in different places like many people do. Yeah, well, according to Catalin Kimpano from ZDNet, who mm. tweeted the statement, said, the third party used this email account to send emails to others. So someone who actually got this, and I'm going to use is Scrud. Those who get the reference about Scrud and Girl Scouts will get that. Um, well, I, then, don't, I don't, I don't. You worry. don't get it? Don't worry, Crawl. I'm Googling. Okay. okay. Is that safe? Yes. I'm not sure after last week. Okay. It's a scrud. As long as it's my network. Uh, something about friends has come there up. There you go. 
There you Come are. on, the episode where Ross becomes uh, a brownie and has to sell Girl Scout cookies. Oh! Is it series what, four? What season? Is it series four? Season four is oh, the like best. Season four? I don't know. They're on Comedy Central all the time. I don't know what episode's which. Like, who's with who? We had a good friend who really, really, really rated season four of Friends. Really? That's about the right yep. stop. So, anyway, the other thing that's quite interesting about at this time, uh, before Halloween or just after Halloween when this goes out, is this is about the time when girls start selling cookies. Now, obviously, that doesn't really happen here in the UK, but Carol, you're probably aware of oh, this yeah. in Canada. Um, I've got family living in Toronto as well, and they've tasted them. They're damn good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> they, the yeah there's some there. of them. Yeah, it depends on which ones you get, but some of them are delish. What, the Girl Scouts are selling cookies? Every, yeah, it's a, it's a Girl Scout, or a, I think the Cubs do it too. I think they all do it, but they sell cookies around the neighborhood. You make a bit of cash, you support your club, it's community-driven, it's all, you know. Oh, so actually there may be a, a good financial incentive to to fish a girl scout or a cub at this sort of time. No, I don't think they walk. Are they them. raking in the big cash? Maybe they're walking around with the contactless uh, transfer machines, right? But I doubt yeah. it. Recipes, Crow. They could have recipes <laughs> for the cookies. If you were a rival girl scout, the girl scouts of Orange County of OC, they they sound like they could be a bit bitchy, don't they? No, I've, it- I've seen the OC TV show. They're all going around in their Lamborghinis. They've all got beautiful hair. They're all, it's a bit like Mean Girls, it's, isn't it? It might be a bit posh land, you mean? Bit the. Yeah, I think, I think they've got a bit of money. In bit the 90210? Yeah, exactly. 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 Okay. Okay. But I actually did, did a bit of searching on Girl Scout cookies uh, because this was just. <laughs> Which is the favourite? What's the favourite? <laughs> I was just learning and wanted to learn a bit more about this. And according to a blog post from SAS Learning Post, 65-75% of the $4 box, now this was from last year, 2017, of the $4 cost of the box, $3 actually goes back to the Girl Scouts. Only the dollar goes to whoever makes these. So it's a big earning time for <laughs> the girls and for their troops, whatever you call them. And it only takes one nefarious scrub to fish them uh, about this. And someone unsuspecting could fall for this. That Maybe that's what's happened. We don't know. But it's, someone's got access... And it's a bit of a difficult time for the Girl Scouts of Orange County. <laughs> According to Thrill List, the best Girl Scout cookie is the Tagalong or peanut butter patty. <laughs> it's not just the best Girl Scout cookie. It might be the best cookie ever made, says Thrill List. Don't mention peanut butter. Let us know on Twitter if you agree with that. I am going to click the reject cookies button. I'm telling you that if it's got peanut butter in it. I'm not having any of that. Oh, you love peanut butter. You just think Don't you. be ridiculous. Roll. What's your story for us? So, years ago, I joined a company, and there was this laddish sales dude. I'm going to call him Dwayne. One evening, Dwayne sends a sensitive email around to a group of recipients rather than just to his mate. Mm-hmm. And the email group included his boss and other senior players. Now, the contents of Dwayne's email did not break any privacy rules, but they did ruffle quite a few feathers. You see, the email was a picture of a woman and an animal frolicking in the way that should be reserved for special adult recesses of the internet. Not. (laughs) (laughs) What what, what sort of animal? Like an emotional peacock? What what sort of thing are we talking about? A horse. Oh, no, no. Okay, well, I wish I... I, You know this person. Dwayne? I don't know mm-hmm. anybody called Dwayne. No, I've given him a pseudonym. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, I'm just saying you know this person. Will you whisper it? Um, no. I'll you can beep it out. Show. Beep tell it out. after the show. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. 
No, I can't. We have a th- we have a guest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you mime it for me? <laughs> Podcast gold. So you understand what I'm saying, right? A picture that really, really doesn't belong. Sounds in the right place. foul. Something yeah. completely and utterly gross. Catherine the Great. Yeah. Thank you. So the only reason I even found out about this whole thing was I was working late and this guy, Dwayne, comes running up to the head of IT who sat nearby and he was freaking out, begging for the email to be recalled. <laughs> and the IT guy saved his bacon and Dwayne was never reprimanded. Really? Yeah, no, because no one ever knew, but I'm sure he learned his lesson, right? And now it's been broadcast on a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're out there, Dwayne. <laughs> When I was researching the story, I couldn't help but wonder if this next employee learned his lesson the same way that Dwayne had. His name is redacted from the inspector report I'm going to share with you. So Mm -hmm. we need a name to refer to him as, or her. It's an employee, but I'm definitely pretty 100% sure it's a guy. Like David Dennison or something like that. Okay. So Dave's worked at the U.S. Geological Survey. Now, I didn't know anything about this, but the U.S. Geological Survey, or USGS, has been around for 125 years. It was formed in 1879 by an act of Congress, and it's the nation's largest water, earth, biological science, and civilian mapping agency. And it employs 10,000 scientists in 400 locations. So 10,000? 10,000. So a big outfit, right? Like well, well, what are they outfit. doing? What are they doing? They're like researching the earth, researching water, coming up with ideas on how we can clean up the mess that we've all created. Is that really Helping necessary to do? I mean, you know, earth and things and geology, doesn't it stay fairly static? Isn't that fairly easy? So there's a hill over there. How much more research doesn't need to be done? Anyway, you digress. I do. Now, during an IT security audit, the inspectors noticed some suspicious network activity on the USGS. Okay, that's the word I'm going to say from now on when I say US Geological Survey place. Okay. On the USGS systems in Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Mm. So the inspectors investigate. And they trace it back to a single computer, which they found to be infected with malware. (gasps) And it turns out that Dave Dennison was rather a big fan of the not-safe-for-work sites while Mm. at work. And in fact, Dave visited... Over 9,000 fruity pages, many of them of Russian origin, and many of them containing malware. <laughs> so what, what is the relevance of many of them of Russian origin? <laughs> what, why why have they put that in I the report? It's like, oh, you thought it was fruity porn, but this is Russian porn, which <laughs> no, comes in from I the cold. Okay, maybe I worded myself badly. What I'm trying to say is that the origins of the actual sites that are holding this porn are of russian origin girls wearing fur hats. catalina she's got her balalaikas out <laughs> and yeah she's on a horse okay and oh, but the, but the important thing is that these nine thousand porn pages some of them had malware on them exactly right now mm-hmm. on top of that dave was also found to have saved a glut of this porn to his personal USB drive and Android smartphone. How boring must it be to be a scientist at the US Geological Survey? Right? Looking at at hills, wondering if the hill is going to change in some fashion. (laughs) I'm going to quote the report here. So we found that 
X knowingly used U.S. government computer systems to access unauthorized internet web pages. Mm -hmm. We also found that those unauthorized web pages hosted malware. The malware was downloaded to X's government laptop, which then exploited the USGS network. Our digital forensic examination revealed that X had an extensive history of visiting adult pornography sites. 9,000 web pages visited, rooted through websites that originated in Russia and contained malware. So that's where that comes from. If he's been to 9,000 web pages. Right? Well, how could he not find what he wanted in the first, like, 20? <laughs> What's he doing in work? Just, Looking I mean, at hills and valleys. How long would you... <laughs> when? Has he not found a favourite? <laughs> How long would you spend on one web page? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't no. know what to say, but <laughs> but but even even if it was a, a pathetically short amount of time, it it would take years, wouldn't it, to do yeah. this and to do all your very important job being a geological scientist? Like it's crazy. It's crazy. I can't. Yeah. E- I can't even. I can't. E- I don't even have words. I. I should state that the USGS have an annual security audit, right, which includes staff training. So Dave Dennison attended and agreed to the rules of conduct and admitted as doing so during this investigation. Rules also state no illegal or inappropriate activities on our systems employees, right? So it's telling them not to do that. And obviously, I don't know if I don't know if Dave Dennison signed to that, but he was aware and he admitted that much. Hmm. Nine thousand. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just keep... So did they have no web filtering in place? Did they have nothing? Exactly. So obviously the inspectors gave some advice. And one of the big thing was, um, could you maybe disable the USB ports? That's one. Right. Restrict the use of removable media. You don't want people plugging in their dirty iPhones into your network necessarily. And uh, the other one was web filtering. So maybe use a blacklist to prevent employees from accessing known dangerous sites. Sorry, here's a, here's a question. Do we know the time frame these were accessed in? Was it like a year or was it 125 years now? Mm. That, that's a question because yeah, I, I, I could visit 9,000 websites in a year. I, I, obviously, they're all... A porn a No, porn no, porn category. <laughs> I, I have done just during this recording. <laughs> I, I, I've got more than one window open if I get a bit bored. But yeah, I could probably do it in, in a year, 9,000 pages. But if it's the case of a decade, you think that's probably... I haven't got a great maths brain. I'm like, great. About average, yeah. right? <laughs> I'll be general websites here. That's a really good question. So I'm just looking now. I don't think they give that. But I've also found the Office of Inspector General, U.S. Department of the Interior's report on this. Little light in the loafers. Like, I don't know what the malware was that they found. Right. There's, you know, there's a few kind of hard-hitting facts that seem to be missing from my point of view. Like, how long did this go on? What are the dates that this happened? So the the whole uh, report is dated 17th of October 2018, but how long have they been researching or doing the investigation? I don't know. So do you think, boys, that this is the first time that this has ever happened in a government office? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, this (laughs) is the first time. And that's why you've brought it to our attention. And it serves as a warning for all government workers, whether they be politicians or civil servants, not to go to any website. And thankfully, they don't. <laughs> thankfully, they never would. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <gasps> Even last year, 2017, a Washington TV station called News 4 reported that around 100 federal government employees admitted to viewing copious amounts of pornography while on the job. While on the job? <clears throat> on the job. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, I just repeated it. <laughs> like... Does it not beggar belief that people would be watching porn for hours on yeah. end in, in a government job? At, at work. 
Yes. Like, what do you do with your stiffy after you're watching the fleshy content? Oh, what do you do? A three and a half inch floppy disk. Is that why? Is that why guys are at the desk? And you know when you call them for a meeting, they're like, "I'll be there in a minute." Is yeah. that what that comes from? Just need to calm down. Uh, doesn't take a minute, girl. Uh, not, if, not if you've been practicing. What do they do with the sound? Is it is is the sound turned off? Well, is I imagine why they all have headphones on. Surely one of the first things is to stop giving these people their own office, right? If you're open plan, I imagine. I mean, well, you'd have the, their little earbuds and you pretend you're bopping to Best of Abba. You can't be looking at stuff on a monitor if you're open plan, and any point Marjorie the tea lady might be coming past. So you don't do it do you but if you're snuck away in a little corner office then maybe you do yeah in any case the lesson here is don't do a dirty Dwayne right assume that eyes are on you because that's the thing I don't think people really realize like how how monitored computers are so the advice that came back from the inspectors for these guys were you know disable ports use a web blacklist but also regularly monitor employees usage history look at those logs so you know, to be clear, from a user perspective, if you're on a company computer, but you're accessing your personal email, it doesn't mean they can't see it just because it's your personal email. They could have all kinds of little web loggers on and event loggers to kind of see how long you're on that, what site you went to. You could even have key loggers. You would kind of expect if someone was doing something like this and if they if they were quite enjoying themselves. You would kind of think they would probably do it on their own mobile phone or something, wouldn't they, rather than on a... Well, what if you're connected to the Wi-Fi? <laughs> Again, people ask, you know, will connect to the Wi-Fi and go, I have no idea how they yeah, knew. It's because you're on their Wi-Fi. Yeah. So I just think if you're, if you're that way inclined, <laughs> right, don't, A, don't work at the government. What are you doing? That's crazy. And two, don't connect. Don't do it on their systems. Don't do it on the network. Don't do it on their devices. And don't do it on their Wi-Fi. Don't do anything that you wouldn't want your boss, IT or HR to know. That's always a good policy. <laughs> do what you like at home. <laughs> don't do anything that... Well, don't. Were you going to say, don't do anything you wouldn't want your mother yeah, to know? Yeah, almost, yeah. But, <laughs> um, but no, it, it just... I don't know, it always strikes me. I've, I've worked in, in, in lots of companies with, with different varying IT policies. I mean, uh, when I worked with, with 451 Research, I was able to download Spotify and other places I've worked in, I've not been able to even, like, you know, have access to a gambling website. Not that I gamble very much, but it, it just goes to prove that, you know, different companies have different policies for, for use of the internet. But I think it just comes down to a bit of common sense about actually... What am I here for? Oh, you're here to work and look at hills and mountains and stuff, not to look at the other types of hills. And I know, people, come on, come on. So the guy, obviously, this guy was really bored or had a or had an issue, like had a little addiction problem there with the whole. Uh, do you think? Do you think Corona had a little bit of an addiction from nine thousand? Yeah, nine thousand web pages visited by Dave Dennison. For an unknown amount of time. Pseudonym. Is that why you like podcasts so much? What? So you can do a Dwayne? I think you'd you hear the table being thumped. <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. Many of us have worked in big companies, right? And we know that it only takes one person to make a boo-boo to allow the hackers in. Imagine running a company, hiring new stuff, and worrying that one of them might bring their bad password habits into the office. Horrendous nightmare. That's one of the reasons why businesses, small and large, need a password management solution like LastPass Enterprise. LastPass brings a vast array of features for enterprise users, including company-wide policies, reporting, user groups and roles, and new 
support for Microsoft Active Directory. As an administrator, you can create highly secure passwords for your new starters right from the onset. means no snafus. Listeners can check it out for themselves by visiting lastpass.com slash smashing. No more password snafus, no more boo-boos, just LastPass. And welcome back, and you join us at our favourite time of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Ah, he listens. (laughs) That's the test. Actually, we can explain the test. Sometimes, Dan, we have guests on the show, don't we, Carol? Well, and he will know this because he's heard them. Yeah, and they don't appear to realise that they have to say pick of the week when the music happens. Well, back when you did your one, your 100th episode and you said, can you put in your favourite bits with a timestamp? I really should have put in when it was John Layden who forgot to say it and he just, what? Oh, pick of the week. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. so funny. <laughs> so download that one again. It's really, almost that making me laugh out loud, actually. But yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they like. Doesn't have to be security-related, well, necessarily. Just like, your, just like your main story shouldn't be, right? <laughs> We're in a new era now. Now, my Pick of the Week this week is a website. It's a very quick and simple Pick of the Week. It's called 10yearsago.io. Oh, cute. Okay. And this is a website which will show you a snapshot of what some of your favourite internet web pages, not the ones visited by geologists in America, (laughs) some of your other favourite web pages, looked like exactly 10 years ago today. So you can go and check out Reddit, or you can go and check out CNN or Amazon, blah, blah, da, 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 da. And uh, it's kind of cute. I'm on the web page right now. Can you check out any website? No. No, only you, only you, one of these sixteen they offer. If you if you want to explore further, this is all being powered by the Internet Wayback Machine. You can go and visit the Wayback Machine, and you can go and look up your favourite website there. And if you're lucky, they will have grabbed a snapshot of your favourite page uh, ten years or so ago. But this is more precise to the day. And this was recommended to me by a listener, one of our listeners in Brazil, Fabio. And I apologise for saying your surname incorrectly, almost certainly Fabio. Fabio Loznak, and. Uh, he told me, go and check it out. And I thought, that's cute. Because I, sometimes I get a little bit nostalgic, Krill. No, I agree. I love, I, I'm thinking maybe your pick of the week. Really, I'm sorry, Fabio. Um, <laughs> should have been Wayback Machine. Because I don't know if people know how wonderful Wayback Machine is. Remember, you'd be sitting there sometimes and trying to remember yep. an exact article yep. on a web page. And of course, the page no longer exists on their new, you know, revamped website. And you can go to Wayback Machine and find that exact article and page. It's so well, this awesome. Is, this is great, Crow. Yeah, just usurp my pick of the week with your superior. I usurp. I just added some gravy. No, you've I come in. You've come in and you've said, that's all very well, Graham, but there's actually a better version of this. And you're right. That's why I'm annoyed. So I would now like to retract <laughs> my pick of the week. And let sorry, Carole Fabio. Sorry, no, Fabio, I'm sorry. Fabio, rubbish I am sorry, suggestion. sorry, because Fabio's gone through, sh- like, their country's going through hell right now, so... I have to, I he might it. be very happy. We don't know his politics. Well. Anyway, after my disastrous pick of the week, I'm going to ask Dan, what's your pick of the week? Yeah, I was actually going to pick up Info Security magazine on Wayback Machine, but uh, yeah, I was listening. Um, my pick of the week... <laughs> 
and it's not on uh, on your version either. But anyway, um, my pick of the week. My pick of the week is a podcast. Um, this is something I. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? This better be. Re- you better be thinking really carefully right now. I then. think I think I know what his favourite podcast is. Carol, okay, worry. this is going to be okay. slightly embarrassing, but I think yeah. Go ahead with it, Dan. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. It's called Nine Thousand Pages. It's the story of no. Um, it's this is. I don't know where I heard, first heard about this, but. Um, it's it's a podcast called Dead Rock Stars, and I, I oh. loved this this podcast. Is um, there's 23 episodes. They've just finished the first series, um, and it basically involves two uh, music, mainly rock metal journalists called Mick Wall and John McIver, and they basically just talk about dead rock stars. They they each episode's about one particular one. So the first one was on Lemmy. They did one on Lou Reed. They did one on Mark Bowden. They did one on Jimi Hendrix. They just the what did they just go in and go? Hey, Jimi Hendrix, he died. That's the end of the episode. Well, I think I think the episodes last about an hour. Carl, yeah, so okay. a heck of a conversation. They talk really slowly. <laughs> but a lot of them have interviewed these people. They've worked with them. They tell stories about what they were like. And they discuss cool. their legacy. I I I put um, another friend of a maybe a friend of the show, uh, Rick Ferguson, onto this. I said, Rick, you've got to listen to this podcast. It's really really fun. And I um I. I've, I know it's very simple. It's just two journalists sitting around. Uh, they got a real thing for eating pork pies, so they eat pork pies and talk about rock legends. I, Graham, <laughs> Graham, no, we cannot, we cannot bring that on our show. Okay, Graham, no, no, no eating during the show. No, but okay. uh, anyway, I, I really liked it. It was. It's just finished um, the first series, and um, yeah, that's why it's my pick of the week. That's right. a very good pick of the week. It would be a shame if a lot of famous rock stars had to die so that they could then do a third series of this, wouldn't it? Second or third Second series, series yeah. Second series. <laughs> They've done one series, yeah. They've only got right. 23 down. A lot of rock stars have died. Mm. They'll have people like, oh, I'm trying to think. Do you remember all those rock stars who died when they were 27, like Jim Morrison mm-hmm. and uh, Hendrix, of course, uh, Janis Joplin? Didn't Amy Winehouse, no. I know she's not really rock, but... Um, uh, Kurt Cobain. Well, blues. Kurt Cobain was another yeah. one, yeah. Prince. I don't think he was 27. I think he was 27, girl. <laughs> Do you know a story about the 27 Club? Are you just naming dead people now, girl, <laughs> to try and join in the conversation? <laughs> yes. I tuned out for 30 seconds. <laughs> and then I was thinking of George Michael. He's not 27 either. I'll tell you a quick story about the 27 Club, actually. Uh, Jack White from the White Stripes and then later in our solo career, he was in a car crash when he was heading into a car crash when he was 27. He was thinking, oh, no, not me too. And he survived it, obviously. But yeah, that's a true story. Mm. I don't know about this 27 Club. I don't know anything about Oh, come on, Carol. No, for real, for real. Basically, lots of people choked on their own vomit or shot themselves when they were 27 years old. Famous people. What about, um, what was his name? Buddy Holly. He he died in a plane crash. He He did. Yeah, he was the big bopper. He was was like 22, I think. He was really young. Yeah, he was young, young, Mm. wasn't he? Okay, so he's not part of the club either. I don't know why there's such an uh, uh, obsession about 27, but obviously someone just connected the dots and therefore conspiracy. No, Graham, pretty soon you'll be able to go half my age is 27. Would you stop releasing personal information regarding my age? Die twice. Hey, two entries. Carol, you've already had a pick of the week this week, so I'm not sure if we should give you... No, I've got a really good one. Okay, really good one. okay, okay, okay. Go on then. Okay. The world's a bit crazy right now, in my view. And it seems to me that more of us good people should do good things more often, right? right. Yeah. And this is the lazy good person's way to feed the hungry and improve knowledge. Let me introduce you to freerice.com. 
Okay, go look, go look, go look, go. Freerice.com. This is freerice.com. Free in Tim Rice from imprisonment <laughs> if he's been done for tax fraud or something like that, right? This is something else. Freerice.com. Okay, I'm here. Okay, so this is a United Nations World Food Program, and it combines education with fighting hunger. You get a wide range of subjects to test your knowledge from math, humanity, science, or even SAT prep. And for each correct answer, Free Rice donates 10 grains of rice to someone who needs it. So what, it has like an online game. and if Yeah, you- there's a d- number of different games and you can go and take one. And it starts easy and it gets harder and harder. And you collect rice in a bowl and then that rice is donated across. Now they're working on the site. They're planning to revamp it because Graham, you'll notice it's not, I don't think it's HTTPS either. And it's interesting because I was talking to my brother, uh, my very cynical brother <coughs> before the show. As opposed to the other brother. He's <laughs> also extremely cynical. <laughs> And uh, my brother's reaction was very different from mine. He just paused and he said, so they hold hungry people hostage until you learn something. Is that right? That's what he said to me. <laughs> we, we'd I, love to give you this rice, but unfortunately, Carole hasn't answered this question on a webpage. She's too stupid. So all you get is these 10 grains. And there's a guy at the US Geological Service who hasn't visited the free rice <laughs> website. But he, he's working he's his way through. He's very busy. Yeah, he's, he's very <laughs> busy working his way through 9,000 other webpages first. <laughs> He's got a he's got a hand cramp at the moment, but he'll be. There. Oh goodness! So um, so you answer. So I've got a question right here. So I, I've got the question which says this que- vocabulary. It says forest means yeah. boat, cab, raisin, or woods. So right. I, so Are you having I, trouble there? I think I click on woods. Right. So I'm going right, to click good. on that. Yeah. And it says correct. Forest yeah. Equal- okay. So what have I done now? I've just donated ten grains of rice. Yes. Well, why is it doing this? Why what is it crypto mining in the background or something? Why are they why, why, why do they want me to be on this site doing this? This isn't useful, is well, it? Well, I think it's actually a win-win. I think the way I looked at it was, hey, help educate the world with, you know, real facts. Like right now you're in the vocabulary section, but you could be in the mass. That would be useful, right, Graham? The whole percentages thing. We could work right. on that together. <clears throat> And you'd be feeding some at the same time. So you don't feel like you're being too indulgent, just spending time learning. You're actually uh-huh. doing something good for the world. You now, see? I've so just win-win. seen... So I, w- I was feeling a little bit cynical and thinking, how do they make money to pay for this rice? And I've got a little thing on the screen here which says, uh, you may have an ad blocker or software enabled that is preventing us from displaying the sponsored ads that mm-hmm. are paying for the grains of rice that you mm-hmm. are earning. And so they're encouraging me to disable my ad blocker, which I'm not really wanting to do um but that's okay so that's how they're making their money then okay that as long as it's not crypto money saying unpleasant like that it's also the un right they do get funding from a number of different countries around the world for exactly this purpose hmm. in fact i have a friend who works at the un i'm going to ask them about it i'll report back to the show it whoa hang on a minute i'm on the about page and it says it's not the un yeah. they, oh really they say they are a 100% non-profit website that is owned by, oh, and supports the UN there World Feed Food. So it is owned don't by the... I don't think I don't do my research, Ben Cooley. <laughs> I do my research. It's a little embarrassing I thought they were just. I thought they were just saying that they were, uh, they were supporting them. Okay, I misread it. Oh, dear. It's good. I'm enjoying okay, it. Okay, so yeah. free rice. Check it out. It's fun. It's good. And, hey, you know, if you're bored for five minutes... Go give someone go give someone an appetizer of rice. You've got some choices. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to have been bored for the last five minutes, but I'm at 280 grains while you two have been talking. You see? So. You see? You've just given someone a meal. I'm lost though. 
Heighten means refrigerate, discontinue, nauseate, or intensify. I don't get that. Intensify. Intensify. Yes. Intensify. Do you think it's intensify? Can I get to 300 while we're live? Rejuvenate. Restore. Calls himself a journalist. (laughs) 300 grains I'm giving up there. There we go. On that bombshell, we've just about wrapped it up for this week. Um, Dan, if anyone wants to follow you on the socials, where is the best place to do that? Yeah, just my name on Twitter, at Dan Raywoods. And uh, yeah, just, just Google my name. I should come up pretty high. He's that old, people. Yeah. <laughs> just got my yells in early. Yeah. <laughs> you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Smash In Security. No G. Twitter wouldn't allow us to have a G. And if you do that, occasionally we tweet out special coupons for our online stores so you can grab a mug, a t shirt, or a sticker. Uh, you get those at smashinsecurity.com slash store. We don't get any money out of that. We just do it because we love you. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the show, rate it on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners discover the show. It helps so much. It helps so, so much. So please do. So until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. How was it for you, Dan? I was I couldn't get a word in off the time. Sorry. <laughs> I know it's your show, but I kept I don't know if you want to even cut out my various stumblings in, but um that no, was good. It was uh, what you missed about twenty minutes in was my um PC tried to reboot. What? <laughs> and, uh, that, yeah, try, a reboot came up, I'm like, oh not now. Uh, I just deleted it, I just said don't come back exactly. in an hour. Who so. needs a security update, right? <laughs> yeah, damn right. I'm, I've got a VPN running. We're not recording still, are we? Yeah, we are actually. <laughs> <laughs> Outrageous.